Hello, welcome to Vitech Talks, the podcast. I'm Steve Brandt of Vitech, and this is where we discuss the trends and pressing issues, and certainly the important events shaping the group benefits and retirement industries. With the experts, leaders, and yes, even characters that make our industry what it is. This is a fast, fun way to gain insights and opinions on the topics we all care about. And I'm sure it'll be the best 15 minutes you can spend to keep yourself informed. And I promise, entertained. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Vitech Talks, the podcast. I'm Steve Branch, your host. Back again for number two, and looking forward to it. A um, little, bit, little bit about myself, Steve Brandt. I've been with Vitech for over eight years and spent my whole career in insurance technology. So we'll talk a little bit about insurance technology, but today we've got uh, a great session uh, because we have a great guest in, in Bryce Hawes, and we're going to be talking about the public pension market. Bryce is, uh, is an expert in the public pension market. He represents a company called Linea, and he is their sales, their senior vice president of sales and marketing. And he's been with Linea for over 10 years. He's been 30 years in the public pension space and 40 years in the technology space. So we couldn't have gotten a more qualified uh, candidate here to, to interview. Um, and Linea specializes in the management and technology consulting uh, arena for pension, health, and insurance markets, both here in the U.S. and in Canada. Um, so, Bryce, I want to welcome you to the show. It's great to have you aboard, and I'm seeing you, so I'm going to say great to see you. I know the listeners can't see you, but um, welcome. Um, and real quickly, Bryce, before we get into uh, some of the some of the uh, the detail that we're going to cover today. Um, just can you just give a quick overview of, you know, the public pension market? Um, it's just a, it's just something I think the audience, uh, if they're not keenly uh, uh, in tune with the with the market, uh, would be interesting for them to hear. Sure, Steve. Thanks, and happy to be here today. Uh, the public pension market is uh, comprised of cities, counties, and states that uh, have pension funds. It's a, uh, they are governed by either state or city law, not by ERISA. And so those are the guiding principles on uh, how these funds work together. Very interesting, very interesting. So, so unlike the private markets where ERISA uh, has, plays a big role, public space, they're, they're guided by what their own uh, pension contracts. Is that what you say? Exactly. Got it. Excellent. All right. And how does uh, Linea help the market? Uh, we are really um, business and technology consultants. We help funds really become more efficient, uh, either through um, business processing improvements and that sort of thing, or with software uh, enhancements and projects. Uh, that enable the fund to be more efficient and use technology to enable them to provide better service. Yeah, and I know you guys have been in business uh, quite some time. How long has Linea been been working in the space? Uh, Linea has been here 23 years. Wow, wow, that's a long time. And I've seen 
and have known you, Bryce, now for quite some time. And I know you guys do great work in that market and are a leader in the space. So congratulations to you and, and the team. Thank you. All right. So now we're going to get into some real good meaty public pension talk, Bryce. And I want to, you know, we can't really ask any questions about any market or anybody's business these days without asking, you know, how did the pandemic affect the market? How did the pandemic affect the business? It's really kind of changing the way people work, right? Exactly. So let me bring up a few points. Um, um, basically, it, it changed the whole regular business. Um, pension funds have always had um, business continuity plans and hot sites and that sort of thing, but these things rarely got used in reality. All of a sudden, everybody had to be out of the office. Uh, and so it, it goes from how you do business, where the hardware is, network, security, all of that changed basically overnight. And uh, funds were not really ready for this. And so uh, it's uh, a change management project in reality in terms of helping the org go from yeah, one I mean, public, public pension other. funds really weren't um, uh, known for their technology prowess, right? So this must have been a real the, big change for them. Yeah, Steve, they all worked in the office, though. They all came <laughs> into the office and worked. And I think that's the big thing. So basically what we had to do is um, with their regular business, with any projects they're doing, software upgrades, enhancements, training, anything that they did, the majority of it was really done on site. And so they had to learn how to do it off site. That means they had to buy laptops for everybody. A regular fund might have laptops for the management, but the regular staff did not have laptops or a computer even. So they had to um, buy the hardware to work. They then had to, since then everybody's working from home, they're using their own networks. They had to uh, find a safe way to use those networks. So they had to create VPNs for everything. And then just the processes and procedures they had to change to work remotely. But they did, I think they did it in a two to three month period, which is pretty amazing if you think. Pretty, pretty absolutely amazing. So it's just amazing how all industries adapted to to the new reality, right? I mean, they, they couldn't stop being a business, so they had to just do it, right? And and I think uh, public pensions were no different, and probably probably a a bigger lift for them than, than most um, uh, uh, industries. And so now they have people all over the globe, I'm sure, working from beaches like everybody else, right? They got all the the, the influencers out there, uh, you know, in the public pension space, telling everybody they're on the beach in Cancun doing their work, right? They can work remotely. And uh, there's, uh, I think if you look at the long, long lasting effect of this is people don't all want to go in for five days of work anymore uh, in the office. They want to use some sort of hybrid. And um, in doing that, they're, they're looking at the model of what day should everybody be in there? Um, and uh, what day, you know, what are the floating days that you can work remotely? Uh, so uh, they're working this sort of thing out right now still. Uh, but I don't think everybody, anybody's going to be going back into the office for five days a week. That is gone. Yeah, I've been to a lot of um, conferences, right, that talk about the future of work. And the studies that are being done out there are incredible. Uh, but one thing is for sure, the future of work has changed. Uh, and I think we're all feeling that. That's great. So I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit and talk about 
you know, not unrelated, but certainly a little bit different uh, digital self-service uh, in, in today's uh, pension uh, fund market. And I think traditionally you've had a lot of, I mean, it is a retiree business, right? So you have a lot of older population trying to use technology. And now with certainly with the pandemic and with the um, advent of, of, of a more customer-centric servicing, and self-service and digital tools, that can pose some interesting challenges for, for public pensions, correct? Yeah, I think uh, the, the issue is each generation, they, they learn new ways to do things. And the, the poor generation that are the retirees, they're left trying to figure out how the new ways work. And uh, this is going to happen forever. So a, a lot of the current issues, I believe, will be resolved in the next 10 years as the new generation starts retiring more and more. But there are going to be new issues. There's going to be cybersecurity. There's going to be hacks. Uh, there's going to be new devices. Uh, and people are going to have to use those. And I think if you really look what's going on out in the future with the metaverse and social media, uh, in the future, you might be able to have a counseling session in the metaverse with the counselor and you uh, and be able to understand that. Um, that's all things people are going to have to learn. So I think there has to be a learning environment no matter what, but things are going to change. And it's figuring out how to keep the retired generation um, still communicating and understanding uh, the service and benefits they're getting. I love the fact that you're talking about the metaverse, Bryce. That is just amazing. You know, I, I sat on a panel a couple of months ago in, in the insurance uh, uh, sector and, and I brought up the fact that I, you know, the metaverse could be the future, uh, part, a big part of the future. And my panelists laughed at me during the preparation. So to see you talking about it here in the public pension uh, markets, you know, kind of warms my heart because I do think this, we can't ignore these types of technologies, right? They, they're going to have usefulness for us. Yeah, the, I think it's this game it, is great. Yeah, it's the way to learn and the way to educate people. And there are so many more creative ways. Uh, a perfect example of, um, you know, moving from the past is with physical checks. You know, pension funds all used to send physical checks to people. Then they went to bank accounts and ETF. Uh, um, transfer of funds in that but there's still it seemed a few people that don't fit that uh, for reasons they don't have a bank account uh, they don't have internet access they live in a foreign country there are still things so i think we're going to have to keep in touch with a little bit of the old ways but for a call center um you know it, it the focus will change and it will be able to be much smaller yeah agreed agreed and and, and I think so much of it is about uh, what they say, omni-channel, right? Being able to meet the individual where they, they need to be met. And giving them the digital tools can make it a lot easier for them and for the fund, right? But being able, exactly. to, but being able to respond with or even anticipate the need to respond with a human being at the right time for those more complicated uh, items, whether it be training them on on the tool, or whether it be helping them through a complex, maybe emotional transaction, um, those are are important, and I, I don't think will ever go away. Excellent. Well, we talked about that, and and you mentioned in, in talking about technology, you mentioned um, 
some things, you know, cybersecurity, I think being a big one, um, you know, and just the proliferation of, of technology across, you know, the need uh, uh, that's out there. But, you know, ransomware, you know, as, as these funds get more sophisticated and, and use technology more, they have to be one of the attractive targets for bad actors with ransomware. Can you speak a little bit about the challenge that the market's been having? Yeah, uh, pension funds uh, definitely uh, are viewed as having a lot of money <laughs> that, that people want to get at uh, through a variety of ways. And so uh, ransomware is one way, and that does happen in the market today. And there's insurance for that, but that insurance is kind of all over the place too in terms of trying to understand the liability. But I view in general uh, four or five areas funds are trying to do to protect uh, in the cybersecurity world. One is that they use, and I think everybody's going to use multi-factor authentication. It's just a very simple way, but it's really can prevent a lot of um, people being hacked and changing addresses and that sort of thing. Um, most organizations are now hiring, they're called the CISO, the Chief Information Security Officer. That, that is really a position and a role responsible for security. Uh, and it covers a large gamut of activities. And so there's a thing now called the VCISO, in which uh, organizations outsource particular pieces of that work to make sure they have a robust team to cover it. Um, all organizations really are expected to have a cybersecurity plan and audit to make sure they understand their strong and weak points, as well as what are they doing about it. These plans are usually based upon a framework like NIST, the National Security, National Institute of Standards and Technology. Uh, and then a lot of training for staff. That's the last thing. Uh, most of these hacks that get in or that are from staff. They're right clicking on a link or that sort of thing. And so you have to train staff on social engineering awareness uh, and then, you know, preventing phishing and that sort of thing to, to let those. Um, and then, and then Bryce, just threat actors in. Yeah, no, I mean, that's all that's really, it's really interesting. And, and what do you see the cloud? I mean, cause the cloud now I think is becoming pervasive in the market as well, more and more going to the cloud. How does that help with the, the security issues that they're trying to deal with. Is, are they recognizing that the, the cloud is as helpful or hurtful? Uh, that's a great question again. And in terms of uh, it's what pension funds wanna, wanna outsource from a work efficiency, from a security point of view uh, and all these things to help them run an efficient organization. And uh, eight or nine years ago, most pension funds did not wanna outsource their hardware. They wanted it in the building to protect it. Well, that's very much changed, especially with the advent of um, Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Azure, and those others. I think, uh, and I refer to those as the public cloud now, as opposed to companies also have their own clouds that they can outsource uh, work to also. But I think the view is now the fund wants to have at least their hardware on the cloud because it's the safest place in the world to have the hardware at. It's um, the easiest to prevent from being hacked. The question now is if you take it one step further though, okay, you have my hardware now in the cloud, but what about the software? 
And what about the data? And are, does that go into a, a general um, multi-tenant area or does it go, is, do I still want my own instances? So these are the next grounds breaking uh, that are coming along in terms of the hardware has been outsourced. Now, what about the software? And now what about the data? Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's 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 great uh, response, uh, Bryce. And, you know, and we're seeing, certainly we're seeing people recognize that, you know, they, they can stay ahead of the bad guys more easily <laughs> when they have a partner like an AWS or a, 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 or a, a, um, a Microsoft Azure or something like that as their partner than trying to go it alone, right? And I think that's really the bottom line. Well, Bryce, listen, this has been, uh, I think, fantastic. You've certainly uh, delivered uh, for, for us here in talking about the public pension space. Uh, I think our audience will really appreciate the, the wise uh, words that you have brought to the show. It's always great to see you, my friend. Um, and thank you so much for joining. Thanks for asking me to participate. Anytime. So long. Boy, that was great. Very informative talk about the public pension market. Now, personally, I have a new segment here that we're doing called the Brant Rant. That's me, Brant, and I'm going to rant about something hopefully interesting and entertaining uh, every time we do a podcast. And today I want to talk about beards. Yes, men's beards. I, for the first time, grew a beard. I was very intrigued with what was going on out there. And noticing in the past 10 years how popular beards have become. So I wanted in on the action. Um, have to be honest about it and kind of see it for myself, what it was all about. And I kept to say I've been pleasantly surprised by the reaction I've gotten. But I can't, I still can't understand it. It's a simple thing. You grow hair on your face and everybody seems to love it. They're very popular. And it hasn't always been that way. So that's my rant. I'm trying to figure out what it is about beards that make them so popular to everyone now, including myself. Thank you for listening. You'll hear me again on Vitech Talks, the podcast. <laughs>